This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is up to date on KCUR 89.3. The original idea of the Coffin Scholars Program 20 years ago was to serve as something of a college pipeline for students in the Kansas City and KCK school districts. The Ewing Marion Coffin Foundation poured $140 million into the program during those two decades. But along the way, the Coffin Scholars Program came to realize that it had to be a lot more flexible than it originally thought. Now the program is looking back at lessons learned, and here to talk about that is D'Angela Burns-Wallace. She's president and CEO of the Ewing Marion Coffin Foundation. D'Angela, good morning. Thanks for taking some time with us. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And give listeners, if you would, a quick overview of Coffin Scholars and, and who the program serves. So the Kaufman Scholars Program uh, for the last 20 years served students uh, primarily from KCK and KCMO, uh, as you mentioned, um, and it targeted originally seventh grade students um, and their families to support them through kind of that college preparation process and through college. Uh, the idea of it was to start early to engage the students and their families on the journey around preparation, but also with that guarantee of financial support as they moved into college. And as you mentioned, over time, the program began to evolve and to really understand what were post-secondary options for our students that really matched onto their interests and their needs and morphed the program to meet students and those families' needs directly as they were preparing for mm. post-secondary, but also beyond. Well, D'Angela, most people might think of a scholarship program and they're thinking of junior and senior uh, age students, but you start mm -hmm. engaging students as early as seventh grade. Why is that so important? So what the research shows us is that college going is something that the earlier you start these conversations, the better prepared students are, not just academically, but also socially, understanding what they need to know, how they need to prepare, uh, their exposure to after school activities, uh, engaging in community, even as some of our later programs have now uh, created, doing internships as early as high school in preparation and thinking about what that pathway is to, to college and post-secondary. So the idea of starting earlier meant that we could work with families and particularly families that may have been first generation to college and so needed to better understand some of the networks that were needed um, as well as the academic preparation. So it was a both and approach. The earlier we started, the better prepared those students and families were for that transition. What made this program, Kaufman Scholars, different from other programs around the country? 
So I think it was a couple of things. One was starting a little bit earlier when this program was started over 20 years ago. Um, that was a unique characteristic. And what I will say is that Kaufman Scholars became a model for a number of programs throughout the nation. Um, the other component of it that was really important was the family component. We worked very closely with the families. The parents were a part of the workshops and conversations, making sure they understood the choices that their students were making, uh, the impact um, of those decisions. But along the way, the other piece, um, as I just mentioned, that was very critical was the flexibility of the program, that the program did not sit in a space of it was structured in one way and didn't deviate from that, but began to learn as the program was evolving from the students, from the community, what was needed and began to shift the program to allow not only four-year degree completion, but two-year degree completion, certificates, uh, U.S. military and police service as pathways that were supported uh, through this program. And that is unique, that flexibility. A lot of times when we stand up a scholarship program, we create the rules, uh, we let it run, and it may or may not be as effective as we want, but we don't always have the ability to pivot or to learn as we are delivering a program. We'll be right back. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. Well, let's run down some numbers here, D'Angelo. I mean, the program was in place for two decades. It just ended last year. How many students did the program invest in? Yes, so um, around 2,568 students um, were scholars and came through the program out of the Kansas City uh, metropolitan area. And how many of those students who enrolled in the program wound up completing high school? So um, what I will say is that uh, a large percentage of the students completed high school. For us, uh, the number of students or the percentage of students that completed our program, meaning all the requirements from seventh grade all the way through 12th grade, um, was a little over 1,300 students. Many of the other students completed high school but made decisions to step away from the program or didn't want to continue with the program. But we were able to support 1,300 that completed all components of our requirements as well as high school. So that's roughly half of the number who originally enrolled. How many went on to receive a college degree? Um, so uh, what I will say is of that 1,300, uh, 90% of them enrolled in a post-secondary pathway, um, and 54% of them would complete uh, their uh, a credential. Um, and so around uh, 855 of, of our students um, are considered what we call alumni of our program. So 855 of 2,568 originally. What do you think of those numbers? I mean, some folks looking at the program might think, hey, these students had an opportunity for basically a, a full scholarship a ride to a four-year college uh, to get a four-year college degree, and a, a, relatively, what, a third of them wound up getting college degrees. What do you make of that number? 
So one of the things about this is that there are so many different factors that impact families and journeys and lives and how we think about and look uh, look at what is post-secondary success. And so many of the students who may not have completed all of the requirements of our scholarships still went on to engage in post-secondary opportunities, uh, some of mm -hmm. them getting uh, various different credentials, but there's also life circumstances. And so we also know students who had, whether it was themselves or family, uh, life circumstances, medical, other financial things that would defer and kind of challenge their pathways. One of the most important important things about this program. And even when we talk to students who started in the program, moved through, and may or may not have completed all the requirements of our program, what they will say is that the program was impactful in um, connecting them to various resources throughout the community, helping them build that capital to be able to navigate, um, to uh, understand what um, jobs and opportunities were needed and necessary. Um, the high school years in particular get, gave the students a really strong foundation in understanding what was possible um, and creating a network throughout this region that many of those students would eventually tap into whether they completed the components of mm. the program or not. So I think sometimes we have to be careful, you know, when you run a program, you have to have your data points that say, okay, these are our exact numbers. But when you really talk about an impact of a program, it is something that sometimes is larger than just the individual yeah. data points are reflective of. And I should point out that 90% of these scholars came from marginalized communities, correct? Correct. Um, and so these are historically marginalized communities. These are also communities that the college growing rates that we had for this program, which were in the 60s and 70s percent, those college growing rates from um, those communities, those high schools uh, were usually closer to 20 and 30 percent. So we had sometimes three or four times in terms of the college going percentage. But one of the things that we also know is that when we had scholars in a particular high school, because those scholars were present and other students were aware of it, even when they weren't a scholar, they also were energized to think about going to college. So this idea and conversation around college going as associated with this program didn't just stop with the scholars themselves. They they had friends, they mm -hmm. had family members that may not have been a part of the program, but also got some of the learning of the program just because we were in those pockets and spaces and that the students, our scholars themselves, were talking about what they were doing and their goals and how they were going to achieve them. They were the biggest advocates to share their journey and to share their story. And the school partners, the high school partners were key and critical. The, the teachers, the counselors, the principals right. that were partnering, those continue to be those partners that make a difference as this work continues. I've just got about 30 seconds left. So what's the takeaway from your experience with the Kauffman Scholars Program? Are there lessons learned here that might be helpful to other programs across the country when you offer students basically a full ride scholarship to a institution of higher learning? 
I think uh, the power of it is is evolution. Our program started with Project Choice with Mr. K. It moved to Kaufman Scholars, and our current iteration is KC Scholars and Drake. Great, great jobs, KC. Hmm. In our current iteration, we combine a little bit of the traditional scholarship, but we've actually now added job training support. If we can ensure that our programs are evolving to matching onto the needs of our students and our communities, we have better impact and deeper outcomes. Being flexible is key here, obviously. I want to thank D'Angela Burns-Wallace, again, president and CEO of the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation for her time today. D'Angela, thanks so much. Thank you, Steve. I you appreciate bet. it. You bet. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Elizabeth Erb. Paul Nakatura is our announcer and engineer. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute.